It is The Wave, 97.9 WHAV. And on the line with us right now is Haverhill School Superintendent Margaret Marotta. And, uh, Margaret, good morning. Thanks for joining us today. Ah, good morning to you, Wynn. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's my my pleasure to have you on. Uh, So, uh, as the radio announcer said, a remote learning day today in Haverhill and a lot of the other towns, too. Uh, tell me about the decision. When when you uh, hear snow in the forecast, uh, what is the uh, what's the amount that that sets the trigger that that you are concerned about? Oh boy, when it's more about the time it falls than anything else. Um, and uh, you know, if it's falling actively and the the roads are going to be covered uh, at either dismissal or uh, in the morning when the buses are running, that's what we really worry about. Buses are not great in the snow, uh, so we just we want to be careful around that. Uh, we did get new snow tires in all the buses this year. We had uh, all-weather tires before, so they're a little better this year, but still, it's, it's a big concern for us. Boy, I, 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 I cannot imagine the cost of an outfitting all these buses <laughs> with all those tires. It is it is not cheap. It's definitely invest, an investment, but you know we do want to get the kids to school when we can. Um, so that was uh, an investment that we made. I was uh, uh, I've been doing this for a number of years, and and I remember uh, doing an interview with a, a superintendent at one time who said that uh, the worst thing that you want to have happen is to get the kids into the school and then you can't get them home, and, and that, that's got to be a horrible thing. And so I can see you know where the decisions have to be made. Yeah, it's it's tough on both ends. It's also horrible when you call a snow day and it doesn't snow. Um, that is also horrible for a different reason. You get you get pretty beat up in the public. But um, yeah, we just do the best we can. We're obviously not uh, weather forecasters, uh, but we try to listen to all the different stations and local superintendents. We kind of uh, chat and talk to the DPW people and. Just kind of get an assessment of whether or not it's going to be safe. Oh yeah. Sometimes now, we get it right. Sometimes we don't. Is there a like a, a particular time of the morning that you have to uh, you know make a decision? Yeah. So I start my my phone calls start around a little about quarter past four four thirty in the morning, talking to some of the other local superintendents and talking to the DPW and getting all that information and and we try to have it out to the television stations by 5.30, which means we need to start, you know, we need to have a decision by by 5 or 5.15 to get everything ready to go for 5.30. Oh, that's right, too, because you, you have to tell the, uh, the the bus company, too, don't you? Yeah, we got to let the bus companies know, and there, there are multiple bus companies these days. Um, there's our folks, there's NRT, and then we have kids either homeless kids or kids that go to schools out of town um, that we provide transportation to, so we have a lot of vendors. So there's some work that goes into it. Oh, my gosh. There's uh, <laughs> That sounds like a, a lot of work that, that's going into it. Hey, I, um, last time we had a chance to uh, to chat, I think you were in uh, in some uh, negotiations on, on contract negotiations with some of the groups at the uh, in the Haverhill School District. Um, anything to report on? Uh, let's see. I mean, I think that we're continuing in our contract negotiations with several groups. Actually, our ESPs are are still open. Um, we, I think we settled with uh, transportation the other day, or pretty pretty darn close. 
um, to that. Who else is still? Um, had some conversations with the nurses group yesterday um, around many of the extra duties that have become their job over the last few years or last few months, it seems like years. Um, so, yeah, this year is just a perpetual negotiation. How about that? Yeah, the the the, the nurses uh, they have uh, they've really taken on a lot of work, haven't they? They have, they have, and unfortunately, it's a difficult time to find nurses too. So we're we're a little bit short staffed, and they're all uh, you know working double time. So uh, we're very grateful to them. I think uh, one time when uh, you and I were talking, you were. Um, talking about uh, hooking up with a, um, a company that actually uh, supplies nurses on a uh, on a fill-in basis is is that uh, working out yeah we uh, we have um, several from an agency that that come um, and join us um, and then we we filled in some of the gaps with some CNAs and some people uh, you know uh, maybe not fully registered nurses. We do have a registered nurse in every building, but maybe to assist them with some of the other work. We've uh, sort of thought thought about things a little bit differently this year. Okay. Well, that, that makes a, a lot of sense on, on that, too. There's going to be a, a Haverhill City Council meeting tonight. They're doing it remotely. And uh, one of the councilors uh, is uh, going to be uh, uh, suggesting that uh, school parking lots be opened up for uh, for overnight parking on snow emergency days. Is that something that could actually happen? Well, I will tell you, and I don't know which counselor, and I haven't, um, not not aware of it, but I, in my previous district, that was a case. They used the school parking lot for snow emergencies, and it meant that every time there was a snow emergency, we couldn't have school because the parking lot would be full of everyone's car. So whether or not the roads were plowed, if they called the school emergency, it meant school was canceled the next day. Oh, wow. How about that? Well, that was back yeah. in the old days uh, before they had remote learning. <laughs> it was back in the old days, just eight months ago. <laughs> oh, boy. What a, uh, what, a, what a crazy time we're in. Uh, talking about crazy times, um, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure how how uh, much time, lead time, you need to uh, to figure out uh, graduation ceremonies. But I, I remember it was about a year ago that that you were uh, still thinking about, you know, how are you going to handle um, graduation ceremonies? And any, uh, is it too early to think about that yet? Well, it's too early for a decision, but it's not too early to think about it. We've been creating, you know, a series of different plans of, of what it's going to look like. I think we know it's not going to be our typical graduation. We are hoping that it can be some kind of a in-person, socially distanced graduation, maybe with a little bit limitations on how many people can attend or something. That's sort of the best case scenario. All right. Well, at least uh, this this year you have some experience on how to do something like that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We, we've uh, we've seen we've done it ourselves, and we've watched other people do it too, and, and so we have some ideas. All right. Well, um, we've covered a lot of topics. Uh, anything in particular that that you'd like to uh, let folks know today? Today's a remote learning day, so that means that the uh, the cohort, whatever it is, A or, or B, they're not in school, right? That is that is correct. Um, what else? So we're really starting, and I think that you had some folks on last week maybe talking about uh, registration for next year. 
Um, so we're really interested in people who, some people decided to pull their kids this year and either homeschool or maybe they sent them to parochial school for a, a year um, or maybe they held off on kindergarten for their students for a year. We had our kindergarten numbers were way down. We'd really love people to come in and get the kids registered for next year so that we can plan. It's, it's always hard to plan um, in a community like Haverhill where there's a certain amount of uh, turnover in, in families and in apartments um, each year, but it's particularly difficult this year. So just encouraging people to, to get their kids registered as soon as possible. That's right. We had the uh, the pre-K fair that was going on virtually uh, Monday through Friday. That was last week. So uh, hopefully they they had a uh, they were all excited about the uh, the turnout that they had or the tune in that they had for that pre-K fair. So uh, you can you can sign up for school anytime, but the sooner the better. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, it just allows us to plan a little bit better, make sure that we have enough teachers, enough resources especially this year with such a big swing in enrollment. We're, we're down about 300 kids across the school district this year, and I'm, I'm guessing they're going to come back next year, and it would be nice to know what grades they're in and what schools we need to staff for them. Oh, yeah, that's 300. That's, that seems like an awful lot. It is. It is. Across the state, I can't remember the number, but it's in the thousands. Thousands of kids have unenrolled um, from schools this year across the state. Okay. Well, I just uh, read something the other day that, uh, you know, during this pandemic, uh, the the private schools, uh, the parochial schools and the other schools, uh, they've really uh, done uh, quite well, I guess, as far as increasing their student enrollment. Yeah, I mean, I think they're all full. I know I've talked to some of the private schools and asked them, how are you staying open? And, and what, one of the things I've heard consistently is, is um, we actually we decreased our enrollment. Um, I think some of the schools that were full before took in less kids this year to have more space, and other schools that, that weren't full before are now full to capacity. Um, so, yeah, it's just a little bit different way of doing business, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's right, too, uh, because... Uh, when you have students in there, you have to uh, make sure that you have the extra space for that, too, don't you? That's right. That's right. And some of the parochial schools had declining enrollment at one point due to, you know, charter schools are almost like um, private schools, and they're free. So, obviously, they gained popularity pretty quickly. Oh, okay. You know, I, I forgot about the uh, – when I was a kid, uh, they didn't have anything like, a, as far as I knew, anyway, charter schools. So, uh, even though they're public charter schools, are they still considered, like, private schools? Well, I mean, they're public schools, but um, it, they're, you, know, you need to understand how to get in and how to work the system and and how, uh, yeah, how the whole organization works. So they're a little bit more like private schools than just public schools, I'd say, in some ways. Okay, but... But when uh, when you have the, uh, uh, for example, when you have the uh, the remote learning day with the charter school, a, a city charter school, do the same thing? Nope. So they're they're com- they're completely their own organization, and they have their own funds, and they make their own decisions. Okay. All right. Well, uh, things change. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> all right. Well, uh, Margaret, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, and and uh, thanks for all the insight on on everything that you've uh, that you have on your plate and on your snow shovel. 
Well, thank you, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I'll, I'll be talking to you again next month. All righty. Thank you so much. April School Superintendent Margaret Morata, our guest this morning here on The Wave, 97.9 WHAV. Wake up with Wayne Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM WHAV.